This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 619, brought to you by Mack Weldon. Underwear, socks, shirts that are better than what you're wearing right now, unless you're wearing Mack Weldon. And if you are, then you know. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off using the promo code iFanboy. And iFanboy listeners like you. Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 619. I'm Josh Flanagan. I'm here with my co-host, Connor Kilpatrick. You faltered there for a second, like you maybe decided this wasn't the iFanboy Pick of the Week. It's because I said the, uh, which meant that I said it twice, and I right. didn't want to do that. But it's literally a decade of muscle memory. It's the so. kind of professionalism people come to expect from iFanboy. I just figured that people thought that I was taking <laughs> a, a specific and dramatic pause. Maybe. That's what I was going for. Maybe if you didn't point it out to everybody, we would have just gone by. That's we are iFanboy, and every week we pick at each other remorselessly, <laughs> as well as reading our stack of comics. And one of us picks their favorite book, and the other one goes, thank God I didn't have the pick. <laughs> and we call that the pick of the week. Thank God I didn't have the pick. We talk about that book, other books from the week, and the patron pick. And uh, maybe if we have time, we'll read some listener mail. The idea is that we have a good time. We make each other laugh. And... We used to be informative. I don't know that's the thing I can promise anymore. We can promise there will be spoilers if you have not read your books. It's a review show. That's how it works. You've been warned. Connor, you had to pick the week. Thank God. I did, and it was a fifth week. And Thank God. Yeah, I feel like there's been a lot of fifth weeks lately. I feel like it's been like we're on the, the fifth, fifth week. Yeah, and even prior to this week, I had like a strangely low number of books. This week, I had like 10 books, and... That just means, like, oh, I'm going to have 45 books next week or something like that. You're the bellwether for why comic shops can't stay open. <laughs> this week, Astro City 50, the big 50th issue, as Kurt Busiek says in the back, the regular size 50th anniversary issue. Nice. You know, we talked about it last week, but Astro City has announced that it's ending its issue run and moving to, to original graphic novel format. There was really no competition this week. There was a couple of the books I really liked, and we're going to mm-hmm. talk about them, but... Only one of them heavily featured donuts, though. <laughs> this was one of those patented Astro City comics. I read it fairly early on. I mean, I only had 10 books, so it, was, it wasn't like it was weeks before. But I, I read it fairly early on in the stack, the digital stack. I kept thinking about it, you know? Mm-hmm. This was a slice of life. It's, it's not a one-shot, right? I think it's to be continued at the end. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. It was a slice of life issue in which... We explore the unforeseen or the unseen side of living in this town of superheroes. This is all focused on normal folks. These are always some of my favorite Astro City comics is when Mm -hmm. he turns the camera away from the superhero action to see how it affects the regular people. It's sort of like the Marvels thing he he did way back with Alex Ross. And so here we're with a superhero support group. It's for people who have lost loved ones as collateral damage when a building explodes or even when glass breaks and it falls on someone or... Or radiation. Metahuman activity. Any sort of superhero metahuman activity that causes death. This is about a guy who runs a support group. It's just a really nice and sweet and sad tale. It's really great character work. I really felt for this guy who lives a very lonely life. Who, as Josh said in the beginning, brings some delicious looking donuts to the support group room. Even though they're drawn, I really do feel like I want a donut now looking at them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's even a little bit of a mystery. I guess that's part of the, the continuation in, in that his wife died, but 
I guess no one knows who she was. She's falling away from memory. Something's fairly supernatural in that everyone has forgotten her, which is even worse. Yeah. He's the only one that remembers her. So he's constantly painting her. There's paintings of her all over his apartment, which I thought was a really emotional gut punch reveal that he's got. That, what's paintings. the name of the group? It's Re- Rebecca? Miranda. Miranda's Miranda. friends. Yeah. And then at the end, there's a reveal that there's a bunch of people that have been missing underneath the city. They've been, they had been kidnapped. I thought when the woman said, where's Duncan? That, but then that's the, guy, the guy's name is not Duncan, so it's not his wife. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter. It was still a really great issue about loss and grief and the consequences of living in a place like this. And Brent Anderson drew it, which he's been gone for a while. It was instantly like, oh, Brent Anderson's here. That makes sense for number 50. And also for this kind of story. Yep. You know, this is the most uh, Astro City, Astro City E, Astro City story. Yeah, that's true. I loved everything about this issue. It takes that light in most, you know, superhero stories and goes, well, what about these people over here? You know, and that's sort of when these are at the best. And it even does that with like sort of lesser superheroes or it's the fun part about this, really. Yeah. It's not fun because it's sad, except the donuts. Those are fun. Hey, sprinkles. That was my favorite panel in the whole thing. (laughs) And Chinese food. Yeah, it was a lot of Chinese food. Man, if I lived by myself, I would eat Chinese food all the time. We know how that turned out. <laughs> this is where he excels. He excels in exploring these corners. He excels in character work. I mean, as we said many times, mostly we, we meet these characters for one or two issues, but he does such a good job of drawing them, you know, metaphorically that they feel very real and very authentic. This guy, Michael, who runs Miranda's Friends support group. This is one of those comics where I would say, hey, this is what Astro City is. This is it at its best. And it's going to be a bummer when it's gone from single issues, although I'm looking forward to reading it in big chunks, even though we discussed the possible pitfalls of that in previous episodes, or last week, or the week before. I don't remember when we did it anymore. I really like this a lot, a whole lot. Yeah. It stuck with me. And there's not a ton to say about it, because it was really just a small story about grief and loss. The woman who calls him in the middle of the night just because she needs to talk from the group was a really sad scene. There's a lot of sad scenes in this that sometimes you need some... Some sad comics to counterbalance the never It is story. one of those things that, like, it's tough to... It was the best thing that... I, I don't know that I'd make it my pick of the week. It's close. But it's, t- it's tough to find another thing to say about it, but it's the pick of the week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was, there yeah. was, there was some good comics and yeah. some really good superhero comics I read. We're going to talk about them in a minute. But this was the one that stuck with me. I kept thinking about it. I kept going back to scenes in my head. And that's usually the indicator. That's usually like, oh, that's the one. If I can't right. stop thinking about it, then that's the best one I read this week. Right. And, and, and there's sometimes where there's just no choice. Yeah. So there we are. It's not all fun and games. It's funny because I didn't go away from this being feeling particularly sad. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it is a sad story, but there was a certain satisfaction to his life that I liked. Like, mm-hmm. he does this thing. He feels like he's helping people in a place he, he felt completely lost before. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And then somebody's paying all his bills, which I liked. Yeah, that's true. Somebody clearly feels guilty about his wife, so his bills are constantly being paid. There's constantly money in his account. I felt the way you did until the reveal that basically his wife was disappearing from everyone's memory but his. And I thought Mm -hmm. that was really sad. Yeah. But that's what would happen, you know, supernatural or no. Right. So, Astro City 50, Kurt Busiek, Brent Anderson, Alex Ross on covers. It's the classic Astro City triumvirate. This run has been so spectacular. On the whole, they have a lot to be proud of. Yeah, absolutely. Even even the whole yeah, run yeah. from the very beginning with this particular 50-issue-plus run in Vertigo will be... It's the best Vertigo book being published right now. <laughs> it's the only one I can think of. <laughs> Literally. 
I did really enjoy the Flash annual number one. I, w- I wasn't necessarily going to... I don't... My stance on annuals right now is I'm not going to read them unless there's something interesting happening. Right. Or I'm told it is. And I saw the cover. This was Flash War Prelude, and it was Wally West, and he was holding the two costumes. And, and I thought, okay, well, I like the stuff that's happening with Wally. And it's a prelude to an upcoming storyline. It's written by Josh Williamson, art by Howard Porter. So I thought, okay, I'll read it. And I really liked it, actually. Yeah, I did, too. I, and, I, and I was like, oh, right, Barry, which apparently has a thing going on in other books that I'm not aware of. So oh, Wally. it's not like he's... Uh, yes, see. <laughs> yes, Wally. Well, what's interesting to me about Wally is, and he has been dealing with this in, in his Titans book, basically. That's, that's the only place I've ever seen. I've seen it. I'm trying to figure out what the hell's going on with Doomsday Clock. We talked about this before, and what's going to happen next, and how it's all going to shake out, and what the future lies for DC, and how much they're actually going to return to the old continuity, how much they're going to keep. Because we know that internally, at least a couple years ago, there was a lot of debate about going back or, or not going back, and there was factions and... Anyway, I don't know what's going to happen. But the point for me reading this is they keep talking about it. Mm-hmm. And if they keep talking about it, it says to me they're going to have to do something. Because if they weren't going to do something, they would just stop talking about it. But they keep talking about how the, the timeline's messed up and the, we've lost things, we've lost people, we've lost experiences. And if they weren't going to make that the story, then they would just say this is what it is and everyone move forward, including the characters. That's what I feel like. And I don't know. That's just me overthinking it. I mean, the normal rule is if you know if you say you're going to do something, you have to do it. That gun's going to get fired, but it's comics, so I don't know. I mean, there isn't a gun. It's so much as there's just Wally constantly telling everybody the timeline's wrong. Isn't that the Doctor Manhattan thing? Right. That's what I mean. Like, so if they're if mm-hmm. they're not going to end that story with some sort of reversion back to yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's what we're headed towards. It's a un fifty two. Anyway, this story was Wally. He won't talk to Iris. Iris doesn't know about him. Uh, he tried that because he tried it with Linda. That blew up in his face. So he's all mopey. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he remembers, hey, I had an ex-girlfriend in my old, in the old DC. First of all, he flashes back to some sort of old adventure with his ex-girlfriend in the old 52. I'm not sure why he's not wearing a mask in that flashback. He's running around in the flashlight without a mask. Was, was this a thing, though? Was this an actual thing that like you have any memory of? Or? I believe I do have a memory of Magenta. Okay. I don't have a memory of him running around with a mask, but the rest of the flesh, I have no memory of whatever the fuck Robin's wearing in that flashback. That definitely never happened. Mm-hmm. He says, hey, I, got, I had an ex-girlfriend back then, and uh, maybe she'll remember me, and he goes to see her, and she doesn't remember him until he he says something, and she remembers, and suddenly she also remembers that she was a super villain, and goes haywire. I liked this issue. He's got the hood in the last panel in the bottom. The hood is off his head, so... I think that that's just a choice that the artist made to show that it's Wally in the fighting, because otherwise it might they might think it was. No, I get it, but why is he? It's just weird. Who knows? I mean, Spider Man takes his mask off any chance he gets. <laughs> so no does act- Captain America now. There's no actor back anyway. Anyway, I liked this. I also like the framing device of, of in the future. The time cops are seeing the future change around them, mm-hmm. like where they're like at the Flash Museum and they've got the old Flash memorabilia and memories and then suddenly it's all the new 52 stuff so clearly something's going on yep good it was real good it was howard porter and christian do du- say i'm du- trying to figure out who's who porter's on the um future story okay some of it doesn't look the wraparound story all right it's definitely right. not porter on the main story yeah you're right i like that other guy christian do say do see i don't know il duce probably not probably not il duce that'd be a big story like if it was yeah, it would be. One thing we can give you is references to deposed Italian despots who've been dead. That's a thing that we can do here. 
I found myself like it's a comic book thing. Yeah. But I found myself like, boy, they went from being happy to fighting awful quickly. And I guess that's a thing that really happens. But I was like, oh, don't fight, guys. You know, don't In the fight. beginning? Yeah, when Barry and Wall like like they're just eating oh. tacos and all of a sudden they're just he's like, I'm out of here, you know. The worst fight to happen is at the taco truck when everyone's really enjoying their taco. I know. It's like, can't we at least just eat these before we fight? Have you noticed there's definitely a through line that is happening in comics where like people are focusing moments on food? <laughs> I said this about like dogs and babies and stuff yeah. too, but there's definitely like these are the best tacos. That's a great pizza. Here's the shawarma. The last one was the donuts. It's this weird food linchpin that is in a lot Comic creators of are very hungry. Well, historically, <laughs> that is the case. <laughs> Josh Williamson is really good, and I'm glad he wrote this. I probably wouldn't have read it if he hadn't, so I'm glad it was. I enjoyed it. I agree with you. Bendis Week. Jessica Jones. So, yeah, <laughs> you're your own. So, we have Bendis Week. We have Jessica Jones 16. We got The Invincible Iron Man 596 and The Defenders 9. I'm good on the other two. These are wrapping up fairly soon. Obviously, Iron Man's going to go to 600. And then uh, I think the Defenders might have one more issue or two. Not very many. These don't have very many issues left. It'd be weird to stop on 11, so it's going to be either 10 or 12. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's too bad you're not reading Jessica Jones. I know. I just never started, and then it got too far. and then I was like, We eh. talked about this previously, and then we also talked about it during the Jessica Jones Netflix show. There's something that is so... Oh, so unsettling about the purple man. It's a visceral thing. I had a visceral, almost claustrophobic feeling reading this book because there's just no way out. And everyone is against you. And no matter who you turn to, he's controlling them. And it just feels like the walls are closing in on you when you're, whenever he's around. I felt it viscerally while reading it. And I thought it did a really good job of dealing with that. And that, you know, he basically... In the last couple issues, he's been trying to talk to her. She won't talk to him. He's controlling Carol, and he's, he controls everybody on the street, makes them turn into a riot. And finally, what we're learning here is he basically is having a midlife crisis. He's like, I'm getting old. I'm trying to figure out what the point of all this is. <laughs> I love that everybody who makes comics is basically our age, <laughs> and we're all going through the same thing. It's interesting, because at one point, she's like, you know, you're the worst. With your power, you could make the world... A great place. You could do that instead of all the horrible things you do. And so at the end, he says, oh, well, maybe you help me do that. So either this is some sort of trick or she's some sort of trick. But he says basically at the end, I want to be good. Help me be good, Jessica. It's been really good. This series, Michael Gatos is terrific. This team on Jessica. And if for some reason, I mean, not for some reason, because he's really compelling. But when, whenever Purple Man shows up, it really does take the book to another level. They have a really interesting and awful and thus interesting relationship. You know, he's hardly in it. He's talking through everybody else. And it's just it just feels like there's no way out of this situation. I mean, he's a great villain. And it's interesting that Bendis is using him basically on his way out. I mean, it's a Jessica Jones book. It should be. Yeah. But like, that's a nice cap. Like he turned that villain into something that totally. really is. He was kind of silly before mm -hmm. back before Alias. And he turned him into this really incredible, terrifying villain. And you're talking about an era when basically... I'm thinking in the last – so since this – what of this modern era is the big villains to come out of everything have been the Purple Man and like the Hood. Like those right. are really the two that got elevated. I guess Diamondback, but that's m much more recently. I'm trying to think of who else. Who else Bendis you know. specifically elevated? I'm not just Bendis, but like you know that any of them sort of turned into like, oh. Like basically – I'm not saying it's quite the Joker, but there's a 
there's an oh shit. Well, I, I think at this point now, the Purple Man is sort of the Marvel's Joker. You know? Yeah, yeah, in a way. But you can see the Joker and the Batman have this sort of weird intimate relationship in the same way that Jessica and Purple Man do. Yeah, that's true. I'm happy that you got me to read Invincible Iron Man. I think it was awesome. You made, I think you made it to pick or something happened and I had to read it. Yeah, at some point. It's been great. It's been really good. Stefano Caselli and Alex Maleev on art has been terrific. Yeah, and it, it feels like it would be jarring, but it, it totally works. And he combined the two books, which I think was which I think was really nice. I, I'm kind of like we're we're definitely getting to a, a culmination here. Mm-hmm. Tony's going through a, a thing, which is somewhat in his head, but also not. It's good. Like there's just a lot of change, and it's it's on the move. I don't really know how it's going to end, but um, it's always a page turner for me. And and I really want I really want to see like what's the solution for this going to be. And I'm hoping it's not disappointing. I think the way that the characters, the way that the characters are being written. But like you take a Riri Williams who, you know, is new and could seem like a gimmick. And, and like the three women where Mary Jane is there for some reason and the, and the AI robot and then the new mom. These are all new characters you know, other than Mary Jane, but they're compelling. Yeah. It's interesting. They turned it wasn't a book necessarily just about Riri Williams, but it was about sort of these four women, I guess, you know, who are, who are running the company. And then you get, you know. It's fun. It's just been a lot of fun, and they're they're right on the heels of Tony Stark, and you you know they found his the fact that he's in his old suit is great. By the way, that's my Iron Man suit. Yes, it's the best suit though. It's interesting that at one point he takes the faceplate off because he's he's having hallucination talking to right. his, his father, Howard Stark, and I was like, if that pointy bit's metal, that's a really dangerous way to design that because it's all he's gonna do is turn his head up a little bit. He's gonna stab uh-huh. himself in the forehead. I do think. Telling me that Howard Stark is not his actual father is stupid. I didn't like that. I mean, we talked about this a long time ago. I didn't yeah. like that change. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it won't stay. It's nothing to do with adoption. Adoption is great. It's just that Howard looks Stark just like him. Was, <laughs> looks exactly like him. And also, it, they were basically he was a little yeah. clone of him. That relationship was so interesting. I'm not sure why they decided to do it that way. But this conversation in his head with Howard Stark is basically like, hey, don't be an idiot. I'm also your father. Like, Yes. I may not be your biological father, but... But also you have a drinking problem and you look just like him. And you're a genius. <laughs> and it's like, all right, well, come on. So in my head, he's still... Mm-hmm. In my continuity, he's still Howard Stark's... Yeah, that's It doesn't fair. make any sense to not... Anyway. But the point I, is, that scene was great. These were probably the best... Mm-hmm. This comic, Jessica Jones, Flash, were, yeah. were, were the best other three comics I read this week. And I like that, like, basically this is Bendis trying to wrap up his entire tenure at Marvel. And at the end, he's like, here's Blade. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> it, Blade shows up. And I was, I was like, all right, yeah. And I, wanna, I want you to look at Blade for a second. Did Blade drive there in a Prius? Hold on, I just closed it, so let me see. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Blade has his slight Blade is eco-friendly. Prius. Just because you fight vampires doesn't mean, yep, uh-huh. that looks a lot like a Prius. That's a... It's Blade's Prius back there. I have to go. <laughs> you know why? He used to drive a motorcycle or a muscle car. They already, they always heard him coming. That fucker rolls up quiet. Also, gas was killing him. I mean, it's not how like... Many t- how many times were you almost killed in New York City because of a Prius not being there when you didn't hear it? <laughs> I almost hit a um, leaf the other day because <laughs> it just rolled right in front of me. No sound. The day my son was born, I was nearly killed by a Prius in lower Manhattan. That would have been terrible. I, I remember it very specifically. It was just there. And I was like, holy shit. I didn't have headphones in, anything like that. I want to make it clear to everyone, we are not anti-Prius or no. electric car. My wife drives a Prius. It's, I just, it's no, great. I just, I have to adjust my cues for a car is coming. Also, I just like the idea of Blade being in a Prius. 
I do too. It's not a roomy car. It's not really good for a, for a swordsman. But it's economical. You know, you can't be making yeah. that much money killing vampires. Vampire slaying does not pay what it used to, <laughs> like so many things. That motorcycle is not getting good gas mileage. Since the web. I also enjoyed the Defenders, which which wraps up the storyline that they've been doing since I guess close to the beginning. And maybe perhaps we'll feature the last running gag of Bendis being arrested in the background with a police station. I was going to ask you, is that what the gag is? I was like, I, th- I was trying to remember. I don't know. It? Dave Marquez is definitely arresting him. Who's the other dude? I don't know. I was trying to figure that out. I thought it was Matt Fraction at first, but now I'm wondering if it's the colorist. And also, why the... are those girls dressed up like Miss Martian? That does look like, yeah. That's definitely not Corey Pettit the letter, because I've met him. So I'm guessing that's Justin Ponzer. Or... Literally any dude. <laughs> he's looking towards the camera, so it's got to be somebody. I'm thinking he's the colorist because if you notice that Marquez is like, fuck this guy. <laughs> he's not mad at Bendis there. He's mad at the bearded dude. Right. This was another Marquez tour de force. So some, you know, it's a big old Jeez. fight scene. Yep. He even sort of changes his style a little bit in the, in the middle. Mm-hmm. When Diamondback is talking in the shadows, it's very sort of ink heavy and not mm-hmm. as clean. Marquez is a beast. Yeah, he really is. I think with the other bad guys showing up, I thought was kind of funny. Like, they brought in some some goons. And it, it, the one, it's Titania, who was just in the Black Bolt story, who was kind of weird. But in there is, I want to say Techno, but that's not his name. Fixer in this. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's Techno from the Thunderbolts. And he's still got little Thunderbolts logos on his, like, harness. Uh-huh. And I was like, that's not cool. That's not, why would you have those? And then I got kind of mad at him. I was like, you're a liar. And I'm still not over it. <laughs> 20 plus years later. <laughs> I don't want, like, I still want to think that they've actually reformed. And I'm upset that most of them actually haven't and are now just villains. Right. I mean, the cover to the next issue looks like a last issue cover. Uh-huh. But I don't know. As we've proven many times before, we never know when books are ending. Yeah. I just go with it. Whatever's there each week. Well, it says at the end of this issue, to be concluded. So. You know what? My favorite part of this was no. Black Cat was basically like, I don't know what I was doing being a bad guy. This was dumb. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was dumb. Good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's definitely a wrap-up move. I'm done. Yes. <laughs> you can have her back. This will still rank as one of my favorite Marvel series of the last couple of years. Between the writing and the art and the characters, it's been super fun. I mean, yeah, like either of them on their own could have been really good, but... Boy, I really like how I, every time sort of Iron Fist is shown doing anything, I'm like, he looks really cool. He does. This is a costume redesign I can get behind. Yeah. The tracksuit. Yeah, it makes sense. And it's he's got, he's got weird hair, though. It's got, um, we sure that's not Banshee under there? Oh, it could be. That's Banshee's hair. It's green and yellow. Saying. Maybe they're related. Yeah. He looks awesome. I love that redesign. It's all 70s jogging suit. It's great. Hey, Josh, um, do you prefer comfort in your nether regions? Like, if you had a choice between comfort and discomfort. And discomfort. I would, I would... I mean, I pretty much go for comfort. I'm just trying to think of a situation. I'm not one of those dudes, yeah. so <laughs> I'm going to go for comfort. Well, I mean, you know, I guess sometimes you might be in a move change of pace. But for the most part, comfort, I think, is what most people look for in their nether areas, their private bits. And the thing about Mack Weldon is they provide premium men's essential fabrics for your bits. For around the danglies? Yeah. Smart design yeah. premium fabrics. That's what I want to hear when people are talking about. The very most intimate of my underwears. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to your other underwears. Yeah, those are just regular underwear. I mean, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you're we're not, talking you're about not wrong. Intimate wear. You want premium fabrics. That's what we're saying. Mack Weldon believes in smart design premium fabrics. Simple shopping 
It's very easy to shop there. You go to the website. They got all their categories. You find them, put them in your cart. They're in your house real fast. Uh, they're, in fact, maybe even knocking at your door as you're clicking uh, buy. That's not true, but it could happen in the future sometime with drones. Drones? Yo, I want my, my intimates handled by drones. No, I'm taking it back. I don't want it. Mac Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, sweatpants, and more you'll ever wear. I don't want them to add any more categories because that sentence is long enough. I want one of those hoodies. Silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial. Microbial. I can't say that word. Antimicrobial. You did it. I did it. Yay. Which means they eliminate odor. Josh likes that. I love that. I'm not a particularly... Odorous. I was trying to... I was going to say swarthy, but that's not the thing. You know, there's... Her sweet. Her sweet is the word I'm looking for. I'm not that, you know. But anything you can add to just make sure that, that you stay at a, at a base level acceptable around humans. We're all in this together. And the, the point is... Yes. Might as well do your fellow humans a favor and smell the best you can. Right? I mean, that's do smell the best you can. Be excellent to each other. Party <laughs> on, dudes. That's Smell the best you can is from the upcoming sequel they're trying to get funded. That's what the message in that one's going to be. Should be sponsored by Mac Weldon. Let's get this under control. If you want, <laughs> Mac Weldon wants to be comfortable, so if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it. They'll still refund you the money. No questions asked. That's insane. You can't beat that deal. So not only does Mackwell's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well too. Great for working out, going to work, going out on dates, everyday life. I love it for flying on airplanes. It's a perfect underwear for that. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off using promo code iFanboy. You can't lose. You get 20% off. Plus, if you don't like it, they'll send you the rest of your money back. You're 80%. There's, there's no way that's going to happen. I mean, you can do it. You have the, but it's, it's totally not going to happen. I actually, I had a customer support uh, interaction with them. Oh, tell I had us a about a that. problem. Yeah. And uh, they took care of it. They did a great job. They did it fast. They took care of the customer really well. I wasn't like, you know, I sponsor you. Wasn't that. Just treated me like. You didn't say, do you know who I am? I didn't. I didn't. I find that doesn't actually get me very far. (laughs) Do you know who I am? I host a podcast about, hello, hello. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. And I was on those rotary phones. Uh, I I know we both keep, I get a little more excited for the day after laundry day. Yeah. There it is. For my nethers and for me, we're the uh, same. What I'm saying to you guys out there is buy one pair. Check it out. If you don't like it, you get your money back. 20% off. You can't beat that deal. You can't. Dark Knight's Metal number five. I'm out. I don't know what's happening here. However, I did really like the Martian Manhunter showing up again. God, that made me happy. Even though his face looks weird. <laughs> did you read this one? No, I, okay. I, I stopped. I stopped because I, I, I saw where this was going. Listen. And the first thing you said was, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I was I like, don't. made the right choice. I don't. I did like also that Wonder Woman finds Hawkman's mace and then she whacks the hell out of a dude with it. And she goes, <laughs> this is awesome. I should keep this. <laughs> Doesn't a Hawk girl have a mace? Hawk woman? Yeah, but this, I mean, they both do. Okay. This particular one was, I believe, Carter Hall's. But I don't know. It's just, it's a mace. Yeah. She knocks the hell out of Black Adam with it. He's a prick. I don't know what's going on here, dude. Are you enjoying it though? Or are you I mean it looks it looks really good and <laughs> you know, they're all they're building up, I think, to Plastic Man being like the big the big uh, savior here. They keep talking about him being the most powerful thing in the universe. But <laughs> I couldn't tell you the emotional hook I'm supposed to have into this. I think it's Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Be excellent to each other. Whoa. Yeah. That's not again. That's if we if we all acted that way, man. Be excellent and smell good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's later. Yeah. <laughs> Tales of suspense one on one. Yeah, if you remember that we were talking about Marvel two and one last week, and I had gotten it confused with Tales of suspense. Right. 
So that means that the first issue of Tales of Suspense, which is a tale of Hawkeye and Winter Soldier on the hunt together. Good pairing. For Black Widow. I thought this was the same thing. But it's been many months. That came out at the end of October. What? Yeah. Is this part two? Yes, part two. The last one was October 27th. I think we looked it up last ah, time. So it was some sort of delay. By yearly schedule. But what, well, what's the thing about what this is that it's it's Matt Rosenberg who, do, who does a fine job on scripting. And then the artist is Travel Foreman. Who's terrific. Yeah, and he really is terrific in this. There's There is two or three panels. There's a panel where Winter Soldier gives a sandwich to Clint. And there's a profile shot of Clint looking at the sandwich and he has his lips pursed out. And he looks a little like a gorilla, but it's that, hmm, I want to eat this. And I was like, that's great. And he didn't want to eat it. He threw it. And he actually said, do you think I can hit that guy with a sandwich from up here? Which I was like, of course you can. <laughs> it's just, this is really good. I, I got to tell you, Rosenberg did uh, – he, he did a good Clint Barton. I was like, oh my god, this is Clint Barton. So it wasn't Hawk guy. It was Hawk. I mean he's wearing the shirt. And he's got a he's got his own hat. He has a little Marty McFly vest that is his purple color. But that dude talking is a slightly older version of my Clint Barton. Hey, there you go. That's good. No problem. There's a bit where he's like Clint asks uh, where so why are you like this? Why are you so grim or whatever? And he gives him the whole thing. He's like, well, I was trained to be a killer before I was a child. I was frozen and ice, and then all my friends got old and died, and then I was a, a trained you know robot killer for the government, and everyone hates me, and that's why. And why do you do it? And Clint just goes attention. <laughs> and I was like, that's why I relate to that character. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm downloading both these issues. Great. Uh, no, it's it's super good. Travel foreman alone should be enough. Wow. It's a good. It's a good story it um, is on the quarterly annual whatever every four i months. will take that in fact compared to bi-weekly bring it on <laughs> because it's good this was this this probably would have been my pick of the week okay well that's what that would have been fun uh moon knight 191 these are great wow you're into a moon knight i am it was i got to the end of the last issue and i was like yes and so i was excited when this came out because all the other ones were like i don't know if i'm gonna read it by this point i'm full in Wow. I, I really like the art. Yeah, the art's great. I don't like the crazy character. I don't like the hallucinations and stuff, but I, I, I like the way that this is being handled. There's a bit where the little girl's like, what, are you crazy? And then he takes a panel beat and he just goes, eh. And then, but he doesn't say anything. You just see him think about it for a second and then move on with it. I fell asleep a little in the conversation with all the personalities and the gods. That's the point where I don't really care, but it was ca- counterbalanced with... Moon Knight fighting in his boxers, his shirt, his tie, and his mask. Mm-hmm. Where'd that mask come from? Doesn't matter. I don't care. <laughs> it was funny. I, mean, I liked the relationship with him and the little girl, even if she was written a little too old, but it didn't matter because it was Yeah, funny. it doesn't matter. It, I also, yeah. for some reason, really liked the idea of, I always forget Dazzler's like a pop star. Mm-hmm. So, do you like Katy Perry? No. Do you like Dazzler? And then they didn't she see her rocking out the Dazzler. He's got old records, which are not drawn to scale, by the way. <laughs> His record player is tiny. Yeah, that's true. Apparently, he's only doing 45s. Yeah, you're right. I mean, this is a good book. The conversation only lasts a couple of pages between all the... I was like, eh, I don't care about this. It's totally silly, you know, but overall, this is the most I have gotten into a Moon Knight book in a while, other than those six issues by Warren Ellis, but I don't really even consider that a Moon Knight book. It was just a gorgeous thing that was made. Weren't you reading Brian Wood and Greg Smallwood? I read it for a little while, but I was mostly looking at the art, so I wasn't even reading it. Well, you've made it 191 issues into this, so... It's, t- it's actually not... That's not – the dumbering is not – that's not oh, correct. Okay. I read some of those in the middle, like in the 80s. I see. <laughs> I read there – was, there was a good Moon Knight series. That was my first one. I read that. I see. All right. Yeah. So we're back in the corner, I see. 
Yeah, I, I had to bring this up, and I do apologize to no, you. But we're going to be talking fine. about Star Wars Doctor Aphra number sixteen, and there's a couple of things that happen here. I, I, I've enjoyed this series. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed this character. I noticed on the credits for this one. I don't know if this is the case of the last issue, but the credits are Kieran Gillen and Cy Spurrier on story, and the art is Emilio Lasso. Lasso. I don't Lasso. Know. Yeah, yeah, easel. And I could tell a difference, and I wasn't. Cy Spurrier is a guy who's been around and he does good work. Definitely, a, I would say, a Warren, Warren Ellis influence. I think he had a Vertigo book launch this week. He did, and I read it because I want to like him. But the fact is, I don't like it. Mm. Like, I, I don't like his work that much. And this was in this. It was a little more jokey and a little more silly and a little more trying to be impressive with words. But even more than that, while I like the art from a style standpoint, you know, the draftsmanship, the, the characters, I could tell, you know, all that stuff. I got lost a couple of times hmm. in the storytelling where I feel like they left panels out that should have been there to show us how we get from one place to another. Interesting. Like each individual page I thought looked really good. I liked the character work. Like if I was to just look at it without actually reading it, I would say that's that's pretty great. But I don't know if it was between the story or the art, but there was it was just definitely not as smooth. It did not read as well. Hmm. That happened in a few places where I had, you know, you have to go back. You're like, wait a minute, why is this person there? And normally it's something I missed, but I didn't find that was the case. Well, I'm looking ahead on Marvel.com, and they go up to issue 18, and, and he is still listed as the co-writer. And he's going to, I mean, I know, I know this works. All right. They're handing it off. Yeah, that's the way. And so I will be less excited about that. And, you know, that's fine. That's, that's what happens or whatever, but. Will you still read it? You'll have to see, I guess. I will try. Yeah, Spurrier was on the last few, actually. Let's see. He's been on since 14, so basically this arc. Hmm. This one, it just got a little a little wacky. Just the tone changed. And again, it's not even bad. I was like, oh, it's just different. And, you know, as sort of the reins get handed over, basically, from the one to the next. And, and I've tried to read a lot of Cy Spurrier books. I just don't connect with them. Right. And, and I read that other that, uh, Vertigo series that came out this week, which is Motherlands. I gave it a shot, but it's, uh, you know... What was that uh, Azarello series uh, that was like in the slightly distant future and they had their own language like in Dark Oh, Matter? Space something? Space... Whatever. It was space like... It, it was a little like that. Like a wacky future world with different aliens and there's like a slightly different language and it's sci-fi and it's a little bit wacky. The one thing I don't need is more sci-fi comics. I, do, I don't. And I don't... Unless they're super good. I mean, there's just yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, you like, I, and I really have to connect to them and I, I don't tend to connect to his writing, basically. Looks good. Well, those are the books we wanted to talk about. If you go to patreon.com slash ifanboy, you can join up there and you can vote. Every week, the patrons get to vote to add a book to the lineup. And this week, it was an absolute blowout. It was a laugher. Just League of America (laughs) slash Doom Patrol special number one won by like 20 votes. It was not even close. Unfortunately for me, because I didn't fully read the title. I thought it was Justice League Doom Patrol. So I was really excited because I've been reading Doom Patrol and really liking it. I thought it would be the Justice League. In fact, it's the Justice League of America. So this is the lesser team with Lobo and Killer Frost and not Ray Palmer and the Ray. I'm curious what you thought because you haven't been reading Doom Patrol and I have. And this sort of ties into what's been happening in Doom Patrol. Actually, it does quite a bit, yes. Like everything I have ever read from Doom Patrol, I don't know what is going on. (laughs) I don't particularly care. Uh There was definitely a lot of setup here that I was not privy to and was not explained to me. So I was pretty much lost this whole time. <laughs> and the best page was the Quietly cover. Yes. And I don't know. I don't know what this tone is supposed to be. 
Doom Patrol is one of those things that has eluded me. And I've tried to read the Grant Morrison stuff, and I've gotten, and I get that it's beloved and cult or whatever, but I don't know. It's it never connected with me, and so this continues the the trend basically. This was similar to what you just talked about with Star Wars. <laughs> so instead of Gerard Way who's writing the regular book, we have Steve Orlando and Gerard Way, which usually means Steve Orlando actually did the writing. Which you could tell because it was slightly different than the normal book. Uh, ACO, Echo, whoever, however you pronounce it, is their art. Great. Really great art. So the whole thing that's been going on in Doom Patrol, which happens here, is that there's a department of retcon, which, you know, it's always very meta with Doom Patrol. That's sort of changing the world around them. And here, they go to Happy Harbor, which is the town in which the Justice League first appeared. And they go to the house of Gardner Fox. That was the highlight of, that was it. Mm. I do really enjoy Flex Mandalo. Mm-hmm. I like this team. I, I do like that what's going on in the book. That they work it really well together. I don't pretend to be fully following this retcon storyline, even even over in the regular book. There's a sharper tone to it, a sharper writing to it in the in the Gerard Way stuff as opposed to here. This is Tony Orlando. Yeah. Steve Orlando. And Tony and Tony. Sorry, <laughs> it's amazing that that took me that long. I don't even know who Tony and Tony Orlando is. I just know it has a punchline. I just Tony Orlando. I'm so sorry. This was very long. He's another one of those writers that like he's doing a lot of work, and I I just don't connect with any of it. Yeah, I've tried. I've really tried, and I, I you know I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just not what I'm looking for. I guess. So I, I guess that in this world, the Department of Retcon has, has entered their own version of Superman. He's Milkman Man, and he looks just like Superman, and they're fighting him here. I did like the sort of archetype tree, the god of superheroes. Mm-hmm. I did like that bit, because if, if you follow it down a little bit, you can see out of Batman comes Green Arrow, and then below that is, for some reason, Robin and Nightwing, and then out of Wonder Woman comes Hawkman, and, and nothing comes out of Superman. He's sort of the, you know... I, I did like that bit, even though that's not necessarily mm-hmm. true. But I just didn't really enjoy it, and it was it felt kind of like a slog about halfway through. I literally fell asleep reading it, <laughs> so that might you know that might be on me a little bit. Yeah, the art looked good though. Yeah, it and the art's great. Aco, Aco, mm-hmm. that's that's Amco actually. <laughs> we remember him from that Nick Fury book. Yeah, and then he did his patented move here, which is a double full page spread that was pretty amazing, completely unnecessary, but. So is most of the book, so I didn't mind. Uh, there's a fight scene here. There's a, right after that is the, the next page where she's the girl is fighting Milkman Man, and there's these huge page wide sound effects behind them. That is really gorgeous. Yeah, it looked good. There were some bits I liked, mm-hmm. but overall, didn't make me want to read the rest of these crossovers. No, no. This design wise is great. There's another page where Milkman Man. I don't like saying it out loud. I didn't particularly like reading it. When he says, I said, don't look at me. And the letters take up like a third of the page. Yeah. That's really gorgeous. They do play a lot with the physical conventions of comics. And in, in this, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Steranko here. Yeah. Really. Which is why he works so well on Nick Fury. Yep. I mean, there's some really good pages. I, I, I might bump this up a little bit because the art's so good. So ratings. <sighs> Tough one. <laughs> Ooh. Like, it's good. I just didn't like it. That's a different thing than it's bad. Yeah. It's a three. Wow. All right. 2.75, but only because I like the regular book so much and this felt like a, a downgrade. So I was okay. like, I was disappointed. I actually was excited for it because I like the regular book so much and I saw Gerard Way's name. I didn't realize it was a co writer. This is more of me being disappointed than, than mm-hmm. disliking it. So 2.75. Sticking with this storyline. No. Okay. Me either. 
All right, as I said, patreon.com slash ifanboy. That's where you can go. You can join up, become a patron. You can vote in a book. You can also, if you join at a certain level, you get your own dumb superpower, which we give away every week on the show, starting with Josh. Yeah, yeah. So up first, Jordan Lurie. I'm, I'm stealing this from a conversation I had on Twitter, but it was my idea. He has steel nipples. Okay. Yeah, which makes which makes jogging a delight. Does they're always steel? Yes, it's not it's not temperature dependent. If that's what you're about to ask, you can't like turn them steel. Like I'm going jogging. And then nope. Steel. nope. Nope. Steel nipples. You can wear anything. It's not a problem. He's also maybe ripping things a lot. There's trade-offs in everything in life. Jordan Lurie has steel nipples, Connor. Okay. <laughs> I'd like to thank comic book artist Michael Walsh for helping me out with that one. Timothy May, this one you're going to have to just go with me. It's a little conceptual. Okay. Timothy That's May. You get for reading those uh, Gerard Way books. <laughs> Timothy May always knows the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, he's out of the bar. He's been there for a while with his buddies, and they're like, let's get another round. And he's like, mm-mm, not a good idea. <laughs> Go on. Because often you'll you'll wake up in the morning the next day, and you'll be like, I shouldn't have had that last round. Mm-hmm. Simmons May knows that in the moment. Makes the right decision. <laughs> Don't most people know that? <laughs> no, but they're not it's- cognizant of it. They're not aware of it. He's, he, he's well, aware. I think they are aware, but they 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 make a bad decision. Well, they know the answer. <laughs> Not necessarily at the time. The point is, he knows. Can I come he... back around to our margarita talk? <laughs> yes. So a couple of it was last month actually. It was December. I was in uh, San Francisco, where my office is, and I have to go there sometimes. And I went out uh, with my team, who I am a boss of. Oh. And we went to a cider bar there. It was lovely. And I tasted a couple, and I decided I'm going to buy this one because it was the most delicious. About a quarter way through the glass, I went, "Wow, that what's going on here?" And someone's like, "Which one did you order?" And I told him, "I told him, oh, that's 11 percent." I went, "Oh," and it was it was quite a bit. Uh-huh. So we finish up the cider, and I'm 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 quite the lightweight as we previously discussed, and we moved on to have tacos somewhere else. Now it occurs to me now that we should probably have tacos first. Either way, to, I was like, I really want a margarita when we're here, and my. Uh, one of the people on my team, I was going to say, you know, coworker, but I am her direct manager. She goes, no, Josh, you're not, you're not going to have one of those. So in this way, she acted as Timothy May. Exactly. Yes. In fact, you should start calling her Timothy May. It's going to, that's going to be a rough one to, to explain. <laughs> so Timothy May always in the moment knows the right thing. This is not a good idea. I'm nearly 41 and I just explained to people how I can't have a second drink. Doesn't need, doesn't need hindsight, Timothy May. He's got it. Paul Wachter, mm-hmm. uh, given any number of ingredients, can make delicious chili out of them. What does that mean? He can, if you've given, if he has, say that you're in the the house and you're like, oh, I want to make food. Well, we only have goldfish crackers, oh. eggs, and 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 flour. He can use that and make delicious chili. Don't ask me how. It, but does it produce chili the flavor of the ingredients, or just somehow out of those ingredients comes delicious regular chili? Yes. <laughs> manipulate any ingredients into delicious chili. Now, it's not always going to be the same chili. It's not always going to be a Texas red with no beans. Is it? <sighs> it's de- it's delicious. It doesn't make sense. Does it have to no be food? No one can figure it out. Does it have to? Can it be any organic matter? No, it has to be. Fo- it has to be food. Okay. 
can't be nails. I see. You can't and nails lighters. and dirt and no. a shoe. It has to be food. I see. But he's going to make delicious chili out of that food. All right. Is it the same mass? Like if he only has a little bit, he can't make like a lot of it. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, no, it's it's not. He can't. Yeah, he, he's not some biblical miracle. Like they fed on this little piece of, you know, salmon for nine days. It isn't that. Hung Gwyn. I just ran out of chili here, by the way. I get it. <laughs> I don't know if we've done this power before. I apologize if we have. Hung Gwyn, he can polish anything. I feel like that's familiar. It, it's possible. And if so, they can, again, team up and form, form a little polishing team. But sure. he doesn't need the supplies. And there's nothing There's nothing beyond his polishing power. And it happens very okay. quickly. He just, it's just boom, 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 pow, polished. Shoes, metal with rust on it, with stains. It's fast, though. Yeah, super fast. Anybody can polish anything. Yeah, it's no. the time that's a problem. It's done like that. It's, it's, huh. it's to, a, to a high shine. Any surface that can be polished, Hung can polish it. Very, very so it fast. it has to be able to be polished. It can't be like suede. He can't polish suede. No, I mean, he, he, just, he, just, he, just, he has the power of polishing. Quickly. Quickly. Fast polishing. Huh. Yeah. You know, I didn't have any image books this week. I didn't either. It was the fifth week. Crazy. Yeah. So there you go. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That is where you can go. You I can... like how we gave some people like things that are kind of useless uh-huh. and then some that are kind of a burden and then other people we've just turned them into like tradesmen. Some people have a lot of polishing to do. His shoes always look super. <laughs> That's his catchphrase. <laughs> Patreon.com slash iFanboy. Get your superpower. Vote for the uh, book to add to the show. Join our hangouts. There's lots of fun things happening there. Absolutely. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. You can support us directly, in kind, as it were. You like what we're doing for you? Help us out going the other way. And we have stretch goals for that. Our next stretch goal is a non-comics media podcast. We discussed rejiggering all that, uh, which we have not discussed yet. But we will. <laughs> that sounds like a riddle. I feel I feel like we should be honest with the patrons. And that <laughs> no, we, we said, discussed it publicly. You and I haven't discussed it together exactly. We haven't hammered the details out yet. But prior to that, we did discuss the fact that we should discuss it. And then yes. we discussed it here, but we have not since discussed it privately. And I don't want to do it here for a number. Let's not have our meetings on the show. Okay. What? Can you explain this, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> you could also... Go to it. I feel like is that it is that it for patrons? Oh, uh, we'll we'll tell the other things. But uh, because of the patrons, uh, there are things like bookspods and talksplodes now, and, and other things that are happening. And then obviously these really fun segments that we just did, and also our general well being is greatly improved. Are there uh, talksplodes? God damn it, there are. I'm actually I'm <laughs> currently not behind. Okay, thank you. Right. We're gonna get to that. You can go to ifanboy.threadless.com and you can check out our t-shirts. There are now six designs, including the newer ratings. I still need to get one of those. I really love that shirt. You don't have a ratings shirt? I, I don't. I don't no. have a G that shirt. I need to get a G that shirt. I, mean, I don't have a G that shirt. All I have is an if if one is electro, and then right. I have boxes of old Herm shirts. But that's not what we meant. <laughs> there are more coming soon. We're doing it differently now. Is the point, and we don't have a fulfillment system for the old shirts. Right. Uh, you can also uh, go to ifanboy.com slash support, and there you will find a direct donation uh, via PayPal, as well as a link to our Amazon store with the, the books that we've done here. That'll take you there as well, which we encourage you to use. ifanboy.com slash support for that. Carry on. Let's do some emails. Andrew M. from Santa Cruz. I think this question is likely best answered by Connor. We will decide that, Andrew. <laughs> Right away, yes it is. I have volume one of Aquaman and Peter David pre-ordered to ship this month. However, I am very behind in my stack of trades 
and I'm thinking I may cancel the order, even though I have been enjoying reading some older DC trades lately, JSA by Jeff Johns, Mr. Miracle, and The Demon by Kirby. I don't want to make this decision, so considering I have enjoyed Aquaman for most of the last five years, do you think I should or should not cancel the order? Also, I have not read any Aquaman comics prior to the new 52. You should definitely read this. this I, is... Yeah, I was like, I can answer this. Go ahead, you, you answer it. Now, see, the thing is this. These books are legendary. There you and Peter David is very good serial comic book writer of a type from a time. This next to his Hulk run are sort of the... It's this Hulk like, and X-Factor for Peter David. Yeah. Yeah, the X-Factor's later. I actually was able, yeah. able to read those. But, like, they're the high bar of that time. I put it right up there with sort of the Chuck Dixon Batman family runs, which I thought were really good. And I haven't read all of them, but I know, just from talking to you, I know from people talking about it that that's going to be worth reading. It absolutely is. And the reason that I didn't was because back then when it was sort of front, front of mind a little more, there wasn't a way to do it. Like, I'd have to go and hunt down all the issues. It was happening in college. You weren't going to. And I was too far behind and it had been going on. And I know I'm never going to get through it now. But you should absolutely read that. This is the best Aquaman run in totality. It went on for years. It really fleshed out the world, the characters, a lot of the stuff that you're reading about now. I mean, they're characters that exist forever. But the I did read some of it, I think, actually. The way that he portrayed the life in Atlantis. I mean, it's, it's a comic from the 90s that started. I don't remember when it started, but it was when I was in college. So that was in the mid to the late 90s. So it's a comic of the time. However... If you're an Aquaman fan, it's the best Aquaman run of all time that I think. And I'm glad it's being collected. I'm glad DC is really going all in on these collections. They're collecting everything, which is good because there's a lot of great runs that people can finally enjoy. Selling them. It's a long run, so I do hope this sells because it'd be a shame if they didn't collect the entire thing. But good for them. Good for Peter David. A little bit more money for him. Yeah, I agree. And good for people like Andrew who've never read it before. So definitely Andrew, I would say. If you're enjoying the old DC stuff... It's around the same era as JSA, obviously not as Miracle Man. You should definitely check it out. Mm -hmm. Brad from Canada says, sorry. No, he doesn't. <laughs> I recently watched that Netflix shows The Toys That Made Us, specifically the G.I. Joe episode. While back in the 80s, I was a big fan of the show in toys. I never really got into the comics. Since watching, I've now wanted to dive into those comics. I've started with the 80s run, but what G.I. Joe comics would you recommend? Could it be Marvel or IDW or whatever? Well, I mean, if you read the 80s run, that's the best run. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of going to be chasing that dragon. But we can recommend things like G.I. Joe Cobra, which is a mm -hmm. book we haven't talked about in a long time. But that initial miniseries is collected in a trade. It was one yep. of our books of the month, and it was almost a book of the year a couple of years ago. Maybe <laughs> By that, I mean maybe 10 years ago. It was a really terrific G.I. Joe comic by, by IDW. It was a gritty G.I. Joe take. Josh and I really loved it a lot. IDW's done some good stuff here and there, but if you, I mean, for me... If you're going to boil it down, it's going to be the first 100 or so issues of the Marvel comic from the 80s, 90s, and then G.I. Joe Cobra. Those would be my two must-read G.I. Joe comics. And that's enough for now. Like, yeah. you know, don't, I, the other stuff, I, they've been hit or miss, basically. Yeah. Everything's been kind of hit or miss. But read that first because everything's sort of – I mean, if you really wanted to, you could finish that and then you can pick up Larry Hama on A Real American Hero has been being published from IDW for a long time, which is basically a continuation of those people and that comic book. Right. So, do that. And you also recommend Aubrey Sitterson's recent run. I do, but I wouldn't read it until after that other stuff. I wouldn't okay. start with that because it's and it's kind of wacky and strange. But like, get your basis down. I think, yeah, he wanted to be more crazy. Roy S from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania says, "Josh, yes, I have a family like you. When <laughs> I listen you? to the All Media Show, I'm always amazed at how much you have watched and listened to. On top of your weekly twenty comics you read, where the heck do you find the time?" I can barely find time to read one comic a week and keep up with one TV show. 
I'm lucky if I get to see two movies in the theater in a year. Teach me, Master Flanagan. Okay. <laughs> so here's how this works. I actually don't have any free time, really. I, I don't have much at all. It, it almost doesn't exist. So in terms of how many how to read comics, well, I have to for this. So Wednesday and Thursday night, I stay up too late and don't get enough sleep because I have to mainline the comics. And that really does affect my enjoyment of them to a certain extent. But I'm good enough at it now that, that like I know what I'm looking for and I really enjoy the stuff that I do. So read what you like. Don't try to do too many. As far as TV and new stuff, like I actually don't like, – I work from home and I have for 10 years now. So I am often putting on like TV series and stuff in the background, which is a fine balance of if it's too smart or too good, I can't pay attention to my work. Mm-hmm. And if it's too boring, then I end up like not getting anything done. So right now, like ER has been put back on Hulu and it's been a godsend for me because my productivity shot way up. I don't have to search for something to put on. I kind of <laughs> know what's going on already. So I can kind of just check in over my shoulder, but I can still get my work done. Are you saying ER is not too good? It, no, too it is. smart. No, I know it though. So I don't have to like I wouldn't I, I wouldn't I think I've tried to like watch The Wire again or I tried to watch Deadwood and I was right. like, I can't. Yeah. ER is a little down market in terms of sort of subtlety, I guess. So you can just sort of check in and like it just keeps moving and you're fine and the one goes to the next one and it's fine. So that's that's really how I get a lot of that stuff in. As far as movies, concerts, things like that, in the past couple of years I realized I can go to stuff by myself at night after the kids are in bed. And that's how I do that. And right. and that's not even all that often like i you know depending on sometimes i'll go on a streak you make the time if every time you have to go to the movies you have to like get a sitter and do a thing like we never do that that we do twice a year right but the uh, the other thing you know yeah you just that's that's what you you choose to do basically also if i if i'm stuck in the house too many nights in a row my i I become horrible and so my wife says leave you need to leave and so like okay and i go to the movie (laughs) okay (laughs) Um, I go to the movies or something like that. That's how. Work from home. Go by yourself. That's how you do it. Stay up too late. Get about five and a half hours of sleep a night. I don't recommend that. All right. Well, contact.ifanboy.com is the email address. If you want to get your email on the show, you can also send us a voice clip if you want to get your voice on the show. Josh, Talksplodes. I did it. I completed the promised December Talksplode on the last day of January. So I... I, I don't know that I deserve a medal, but I definitely deserve a P as opposed to an F, unless it was deadline dependent, in which case I failed. I feel like you failed. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> I had a nice long conversation with creator and artist Scotty Young, friend of the show, who hasn't actually been on. The, I, I feel like uh, we've had him on a bunch, but it's been a really long time since we've had Scotty on. I think he was just a star back then, and now he's a superstar. And boy, does he know it. Um, <laughs> you should go to uh, ifanboy.com and, and find that that episode of me talking to Scotty. It was really interesting, I, I thought, to listen to and be there for it. And uh, I, I hope you enjoy it. I'm going to do another one this month. Is it this month? Right, because that was December, so now I have to do another one for February. Right. But I have a couple of options, and, and I'm going to have it done in February, so that will be a thing that happens. All right, and coming soon are these various things. The, the February patron hangout, if you're a patron over patreon.com slash ifanboy, we do an hour hangout once a month. Also a podcast on Batman Gotham by Gaslight, the new DC animated film. The Brain Trust will get together probably in two weeks. It might be a little bit later than I had hoped for various reasons, but it might be the week after it comes out on disc. And then Black Panther comes out on the 16th of February. So there'll be a show sometime around that weekend for Black Panther, which is getting a big buzz. Good. I'm very excited. That's awesome. I see that one. I don't know how I'm going to get to that. I said big buzz like the president. Big buzz. 
big buzz, huge buzz. You're hearing big things. Best yeah, buzz. Right. tremendous. I don't buzz. know how to get to those shows. And then you got to find time the next day to record, and it's a whole thing. Go to iFairboy.com. You can find all of our podcasts. You can find that that last Scotty Young interview. But I bet if you go back through the special edition podcast, you can find the other ones that we've done too, and you can compare the two. That was our 76th Talks Blowed. Whoa. Yeah, it's not nothing. Oh, it's um, a lot. We, we made a, a good run at it sort of in the last couple of years. So if you put the 619 of these episodes and the 75 of those and then the however many hundreds of other special editions. If we do four more years of this, you'll get to 100 talks boats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How about 80? <laughs> you can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out by liking facebook.com slash ifanboy or at ifanboy on Twitter. And you can follow us individually over um, on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Jay Flanagan and Connor is at CL Patrick. And if you're on the Patreon page, you can see what the voting is. At the, we post the top five vote getters at the end of the week to see how close your book came to being a Patreon pick. If you like the show, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Even a star rating if you don't want to write a review out really helps the show out, helps people find podcasts. And we do appreciate that. But even better than that is to tell your friends who read comics, tell your comic store owner. If you are a comic store owner, play it in the store just over and over for a full week until the new episode comes out. I'm sure everyone would love that, including yourself. Do it. Introduce your mom to the podcast. Help spread the iFanboy love all around the world. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. Bye. I feel like